Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the David Robinson to my Elgin Baylor. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. We have so much to get through in a short period of time to do it, so we're going to we're gonna move quickly. Let's do here. it. Uh, we're going to do some all-star stuff here. The, the, that'll be the bulk of the show. We do our all-stars a little bit differently than, uh, than most NBA podcast if they existed, so we're going to do that. Uh, we may just touch very, very briefly on the coaching change in Milwaukee since that now happened like well over a week ago. Mm-hmm. I had the flu last week, so we couldn't we couldn't talk. But I do think it's interesting. There's a couple of things that I want to ask you, just kind of get general vibes on some of that stuff, and I may give you some space to talk about uh, things other than basketball for just a moment if you would like. Um, but let's start with this. Maybe the most insane scoring week. <laughs> Like I mean of our of our basketball lives. I think you said um, this either in person to me or something, but like if we could go back to like our nineties year old, like a, like nineteen nineties selves mm-hmm. and be like, Hey man, one day the whole person's gonna score seventy three points and not just a team. <laughs> I would have I would have been like, Man, that that's gonna be awesome, but I never would have expected this. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Like there used to be like every time I watch highlights of you know, old school games that I loved growing up and I see like the final scores. I'm like, God, how did we watch this? Like, and loved it. Like yes. we were all in on every minute. And it's, bef- and Nick's it was after three point line. We're not yeah. that old. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's crazy. There's been, there's been a lot of ink spilled and a lot of, uh, a lot of voices heard on the, uh, explosion of NBA offense. Uh, I want to talk about the media here in a second, but just just in case anyone who's listening to this is like completely under a basketball rock, over the course of one week, we had Carl Anthony Towns going for 62 points on 35 shots and getting benched in a loss, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just the most Carl Anthony Towns thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the same night, I believe, Joel Embiid dropped 70 on the Spurs, 70, 70 points, 18 rebounds on 41 shots, 23 free throws against the Spurs. And then, uh, and then Friday night, (laughs) Friday night, you texted me. Uh, we had a, we had a, an event at, at my, my workplace. I was at the event. I knew we, the Mavs had a game, but I forgot that it it was a, an early start to the game. You texted me and just said, are you seeing this halftime score? I was like, oh crap, I forgot. It started at six, not not seven thirty. And I flipped in there. And Luca had forty one at freaking halftime. Halftime. Yes. <laughs> halftime. Uh and on the same night, and he ends up with seventy-three points on thirty-three shots, twenty-five of thirty-three from the from the field. Holy cow. And on the same night, Devin Booker goes for sixty-two points on thirty-seven shots in a loss to the Pacers. Tobin, your thoughts on all the scoring in the NBA right now? I mean, it's it's fun. I think now in this situation, what I tend to look for in these big moments is, is how efficient were they being? Because, sure, yeah, you know, are they sure. being Kobe Bryant where it's like, yeah, you scored 81, but you also shot the ball 70 times, you know, like, <laughs> um, which I'm looking at it now. Most of these were 46, yeah. 46 shots. Most of these were fairly efficient. Um, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. They weren't, they weren't like astronomically awful. The other thing I look for is, is his free throws because like mm-hmm. Embiid got 23 of them made 21, <laughs> um, which whatever, man, make your free throws. You made all but two. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, I just think that Lucas is, I think, still the most impressive because if you look at the efficiency of it, um, and mm-hmm. they had the mm-hmm. win on top of it. But yeah, I mean, like anytime somebody goes over sixty and really fifty, I think I would say too, it's a fun day. Like whether you love yeah. the team or not, unless you're the one getting getting burned, <laughs> like it's a fun thing to yeah. watch. Like happen no matter what. Absolutely. Especially if they yeah. go on like a clay burner, you know, like where they just like they drop sure. six threes in a row. And next thing you know, they have 50 points or something like that's always right. fun. Right. Yeah. 50 used to be the mark for this where you're just like you get so excited when you'd see a 50 point game. I still think uh, it's there. I still think it's. There. I do, too. Like it still pumps me up, if especially if it's Luca or somebody. Like that. Yeah. OK, cool. It's cool to see your guy. Uh, I mean, we grew up with Dirk. We love Dirk so much. Dirk, I believe, had two 50-point games in his career, and I think Luke is up to six at this point. If, uh, maybe six. more, honestly. And could definitely have more if, if you know. Anyway, um, it's still, yeah, 50 is still cool. 60, though, is where you start, you're like, this starts to become, this starts to feel historic. Um, there's not any... There's not any Tony Delk scored 60 points. You know, mm-hmm. there's a Tony Delk scored 50. There's really not. If you go down, we've, do, we've talked about 60 points here a bunch. It's like Kimball Walker might be the most random one on that list. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a huge, it's a list of great scorers typically. Um, and so that, that's a crazy line. 70, uh, 70 is a number I didn't think that I would ever see again. And then obviously as the, the, the scoring explosion has happened over over the last few years. We've had, I think we've had five in the last four seasons or something like that. Donovan Mitchell did it last year. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of others that have that have popped up. So um, that still it can happen, obviously. But it is a it is a crazy number to see to see your guy uh, dropping seventy three points. He missed eight shots on the night. The Basketball Reference had it as the second best game in like the tracking history the right behind it was very close behind michael jordan's 69 point night i guess Mm -hmm. um but when you include the points generated via assists and the the shot quality and stuff like that it's yeah second second best game in the history of uh of the tracking for the nba which is Seems good. I don't know because uh, unfortunately, I get all of my information from um, NBA podcasts and shows like First Take. Um, and so, unfortunately, it seemed like Luca had a great game scoring 73 points. Uh, but it turns out it's just that the Hawks didn't have any pride and played bad defense. So, yeah, turns out um, there's, there's that. There's that. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I know what we're going to talk about. I don't even care. I just don't even care. Like I've gotten to the point now where I just don't even listen to it. Like, like you, you keep subjecting yourself to it, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, I'm out. I don't care. It's here's my deal. Um, I typically kind of like it when our when my team is the one that no one is taking seriously or or, or not talking about or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I tend I tend to prefer that to feeling like we're the favorite. I think that just goes into our collective ethos as, uh, as Mavs fans, especially, uh, I, I, I tended to prefer that. Um, I don't ever give any credence to the kind of like the first take kind of stuff. The, the, mm-hmm. the Kendrick Perkins, Stephen A. Smith, uh, that brand of, of quote unquote sport analysis. Uh, I have so little interest or, or, uh, willingness to put up with, um, that I just don't even engage at all. 
Um, yeah. It was a particularly bad week for that kind of crap. Um, where even shows that I feel like are like, hey, this probably this isn't really my my jam, but like these are people that have at least like are actually doing real sports thoughts, not just like cranking out takes every day. Um, where even they were uh, not seeming to be super appreciative of uh, of of the greatness that um, that unfolded here. So for me. I think it's this, man. I just, I think we're just in a really terrible spot from a media standpoint right now. And I don't know what the solution to that is. I don't love just pointing out a problem and not offering um, much of a solution. But number one, if your response to somebody scoring 70 or 73 points is that it can only be about bad defense um, or to go to the, well, back in my day kind of mm-hmm. crap, um, you're wrong. And and then even further, if your response to this is that take of the defense is so bad, um, stop watching basketball. Like, I, I just, I think it's all, it's totally fair to be, to ask the question of, how can we make defense a little more viable in the NBA? I think that that's a fine, that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. But I feel like your job when it when we're talking about some incredible historic night, like 70 points or 73 points, your job is to talk about what a magnificent thing it is to watch somebody score 70 or 73 points. Um and if you can't do that, if you're if you're only looking for how can we stop this from happening again, uh, I would invite you to watch soccer instead. Um, it's or or I don't know, get into politics or something. Yeah, I feel like you're completely missing the point of what of how awesome it is to see somebody score 73 points. And yeah. then so I. It's like a combination of the 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 more like traditional like the people who like the Zach Lowe's, the people who are who consider themselves to be like actual sports writers or sports analysts um, when they are f- so focused on we have to stop this from happening. And then you add in the Perkinses of the world who it, it's all about how. <sighs> It's all about how it seems to be about like how Embiid dominated a game against the 10 win Spurs team um, and how Luca was given 73 points by the the Hawks not having any pride. Um, it's just a real it's an awful combination. And, and really, truly, some of this is just it's it's I just mean this, I guess, more as like it's sort of a microcosm of where uh, the the media industry is at right now and how bad things are. Uh, but this was like a pretty egregious week for you guys can't even enjoy 73 points. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we do from there? Why are you, why are you the fate? Why are you advocating for ostensibly at least? Why do you occupy a job where, um, part of the, part of the job description is to advocate for the thing that you are, uh, that you are covering. And, uh, that, that's, it's we're at a re, we're at a re, I think this week all this to say I feel like this week really emphasized should have been um and should have been sort of like a warning sign of like this is how bad our media is right now with uh, with the way that we're covering things. Yeah, and sadly that also uh, 
that also extends to uh, not just <laughs> not just sports too. So <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Great point. Great point. Great point. Seriously, yes, yes. Um, yeah. I, I get better analysis of. NBA stuff now from a couple of accounts on TikTok than I do from ESPN. And that's a, that's not, that's not great. And then, you know, my podcast rotation is kind of the same thing. It's like even people whose voices I kind of, I, I, I tend to I tend to appreciate more than others. Um, were just so dismissive of, <laughs> of 73 points that I, I don't know. It kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Like Tim Legler is a guy who I think actually tries to elevate the way that we talk about basketball on when he's on ESPN or if he's on a podcast and stuff. And, and you know, he was on low last week and just spent the whole time dogging on Luca's defense. It's like, well, yeah, he played very bad defense against the Boston Celtics. Have you seen any other games this year, this season? Like at all? Has I that think been that's a part the biggest your- issue and some of that is just the culture we've created where we don't watch full sporting events. And we've talked about yeah. this before in Agnosium yeah. where everything's 10 totally. second clips. But I think that that is a lot, the microcosm of a lot of people only watch the big hits or the highlights and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't see mm-hmm. the day to day. That's why the best people in these situations are typically your, you know, your, your beat writers or like the ones yeah, that are like yeah. that are working for like the SP nation blog or whatever, because they're the ones mm-hmm. watching every single day or psychopaths like you, you know, and it's just, it's just, <laughs> that's, that's the kind of stuff where these big name people anymore, they don't have time understandably to watch all this stuff, but they also like make blind comments without actually having game tape. They're not, I mean like Ryan Russillo is like an example of someone who like, if he's going to make comments, you know, we don't always agree with him, but that dude watches sure. and he and he yeah. researches and he knows right, right. like what he I'm not saying what he knows he's talking about, but he definitely you can't say that he doesn't watch game film because he does. Yes. You know, and it comes and, from a place of information, even if you disagree with. Yes. The, the and team. I'm not so sure that there's a lot of people like that anymore in yeah. the main I totally market. Agree. I totally agree. Um it's a, it's a bad it's a bad place. We're in a bad place. And the answer is not more players commenting on this stuff because the players include people like Kendrick Perkins and Gilbert Arenas and uh, on down the list. We can name just as many former players who are just as bad at this mm-hmm. as the non-players are. So yeah. it's it's really more just about like we're promoting voices who uh, don't deserve to be promoted, per- per- perfectly honestly. I mean... Perkins was on Zach Lowe's podcast today or yesterday. There's no, there's no world. There's no world where Kendrick Perkins should be considered um, some sort of voice of, of, of analysis that we need to listen to just because he played in the NBA. He's a, he's a clown and it, it, that's fine for first take, but when you're propping that person up as a, um, as a, you know, as a real voice, (laughs) As somebody who knows what they're talking about, I I don't know. It's it's a mess. We're in a it's a mess. It's a mess right now. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee was also a mess, Tobin. That was a good segue right there. Uh, like I said previously, we're well past the point of this this news breaking. I was shocked uh, by the Adrian Griffin thing. I think I feel like you were as well. Uh, he's out. They were thirty and thirteen, second best record in the league at the time of his firing, and he's fired after I don't know four months on the job. Doc Rivers is now the replacement there in Milwaukee. We've only seen one game of Doc Rivers coaching. We've seen four games since the firing took place. Um, I guess let's start with that. What are your takeaways from 
from the firing part of this? Um, part of me understands like that's not the worst thing in the world because you know it's kind of like like jobs have ninety day reviews, you know, for this very reason, or like cars have like lemon laws. Like there's there's a situation sometimes where you you make a hire or whatever, and you just realize it's not a, a good fit, and you know, and like. So part of me wants to be like, why should we feel like we have to stick into this just to, for argument's sake? You know, if we if we know it's not working and we and our stars are telling us it's not working, and you know, I think the first player huddle of the like that went viral after the game kind of shows you mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody you know tweeted like kind of jokingly like this, you know, he must have been the worst person alive because they're all joking and playing after, and I hadn't seen that in a while, and so I think that there's definitely something too like hey like if this isn't the right fit like pull out while you can you know the flip side of that is is now they're paying three coaches like for a long time and and not just mm-hmm. chump change like they gave doc a lot of money like you know and so right um i think it was probably the right move i i i think i i i think it can be bad for them it, it's just like when we were talking about getting rid of kid Last year, one of the things we said was, hey, Quinn Snyder's available. It's like if the person that you know can help is available, like in a situation where no one else is really going after him, like, yeah, you absolutely should do that. Like, I, I think whenever if you were to wait and have an interim and put him in an interim session, then you're bidding against other teams in the offseason. Sure. Now, I don't know if Doc's the right fit. I really don't. Like, I know that he's a proven regular season winner and um, and he's got a title with the Celtics. So, like, you know, I, I just... I think that he's definitely a more equipped than Adrian Griffin ever was. So um I think I think all things I get it all it all makes sense. I just think it's a very like they're they're gonna be financially in trouble, I think, for a while after this, between this and the damn deal. I think it's gonna be a very mm-hmm. interesting financial move. But uh, but I, I think it pulling the pulling the plug on this kind of stuff whenever you know it's not working is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that's kind of where I came down on it eventually, too. Like, in the moment, I was like, seriously? That's kind of wild. Um, but in hindsight, you know, after you kind of look at it, you think about it, it's like, if you know that this guy is not the right guy, then what's the point of wasting a yeah. you know, season on it just because of the optics of it, you know? I think the record is the biggest thing. The record being 30-13 yeah, yeah. was the biggest, like, like what? Because, like, if it were to, like, if, like, if the Lakers were doing with Darvin Ham, you could be like, man, like, you have... AD's healthy and playing well and LeBron is 39 mm-hmm. and you're 24 and 25 like that that would make more sense than you know hey Giannis and Dame haven't really clicked and but also we're second in the east but also we're going to fire coach. right and so right. I think the record yeah. is the biggest thing but totally yeah totally yeah I mean there's a like you you mentioned a few of those things there's a whole lot of things that kind of led to this and so and on some level, like I said, I kind of respect like, hey, this just isn't going to work. So let's just stop pretending like it's going to work. Um, you know, the flip side of that is uh, maybe you shouldn't have fired Budenhoser. Um, and more even more than that, even. Um, <laughs> it's pretty clear that Giannis didn't want Nick Nurse. And mm-hmm. that's a mistake. <laughs> that's a mistake on all levels. Well, and uh, like Doc Rivers was available this offseason. Like... <laughs> You know, that's the other thing is like, it'd be one thing if like Rivers got fired this year and then you went out and got him after that. But like he was, he would have, he would have been an option, I would think, you know, and maybe he wasn't making himself available. Maybe he was not like taking interviews or whatever, but like, 
that could have at least been a phone call of like, Hey, what do you think? And it, it that's, that to me is more of a front office thing in, and, or was, you know, I, I think Giannis has the most to lose in this situation. Cause I do think he was behind Agreed. the hiring Same here. Yes. and I think he was also yes. behind the firing. And if things start, totally agree. don't yeah. start going well, I think he can kind of get some wrath for this from mm-hmm. people. No, I totally agree. I, I thought it was actually a pretty big deal that it got out that he specifically did not want Nick Nurse because that tells me there's there are that's the, that's the kind of thing that you normally it wouldn't actually get ever reported. You would kind mm-hmm. of like hear about it on like sort of speculated on podcasts, but no one would ever just come out and say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they just they said it is like okay, all right, so. We really are just going all in on this sort of thing. Um, in the moment, too, I I thought my one of my first reactions was they did this because they wanted to get ahead of the Lakers firing Ham and and then hiring Rivers. That hasn't been said, as far as I know, like in any of the the, the podcasts or stuff that I've read. So maybe that's just complete foolishness on my from my standpoint. But um, I'm a little surprised Ham hasn't been fired yet at this point, which bums me out as a as a Texas Tech guy. Um, but, but I, I think that this moment, might be why, because they, yeah, now their be. plan yeah, is totally. done. <laughs> I, I guess that's I guess that's true. Um, I, I I it felt a little bit like not just like this isn't working. Let's just move on. It also felt a little bit like we need to get ahead of anybody else who's going to come after rivers. Cause we've decided that this is our guy Let's, real fast. What do you, what do you make of rivers as the coach here? We we've, we've, you know, again, we all know the, 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 the record in game sevens. We all know the sort of like underachieving nature of his, um, his last couple of stops on the coaching circuit. But here we are again. He also is like a kind of a great ambassador for the game in some ways. And, um, and <laughs> I don't know, where, where do you, what do you make of, of doc here as, as the head coach? And we just know who he is like, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean he can't win a title. It doesn't mean that Giannis can't do win a title with him, but we know who he is. We've seen this. And I, after that game in, at the, towards the end of D- Dirk's career, I have told myself that I will never disparage doc <laughs> openly because of what he did. So um, I'm not going to do that. I just think that we know who he is. <laughs> this is the kind of coach he is, but he also is a player's coach and they're going to love playing for him. So, um, I think especially veterans, like he, like the, like Dame and Giannis are going to be, are going to probably get along better with him, uh, mm-hmm. than they were with Adrian. And so if he can at least maintain the, the path, then, I mean, like you're getting what you want with him. So you just need to, you just need to convince your team to win sweeps and not go to game sixes or sevens because then you're going to have a bigger problem. Probably. I think that he is a good veteran coach for veterans that, uh, are setting aside their ego that are past the, ego which I think that these guys are, I think that they're the, they're the I right kind of veteran. I think so too. Yeah, I would agree. I would just, I would say, I would say that if he's going to work with a, with a veteran team again, I'm not sure I would hire doc rivers just to be clear. I like Doc, the the person, the commentator. I, this, is a ma- this is a major loss for us because I think he's great on TV and podcasts and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure that I would hire Doc, but if I was, Milwaukee is probably one of the teams mm-hmm. where I could say, all right, mm-hmm. I think this is the team that... I think these are guys that are willing to um, to buy into what 
uh, to what he's going to be selling. Whereas some of the other, that was definitely not a thing in Philadelphia. Um, it wasn't a thing in LA. Uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see from here, but yeah, I, I wasn't as completely out on it as some, some people were just like, I can't believe they hired doc rivers. This is a total joke. Um, I feel like, no, I, I think that there's ways that this could work a little bit better than it could, than it did in Philadelphia or, or with the Clippers. But, but we're going to see, he's not going to fix the defense anytime soon. They're just, they're going to have to figure out effort. They're going to have to figure out scheming a little bit better, um, on the defensive side, but like, you're not going to be a good defensive team featuring Damian Mm -hmm. Lillard. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. So how he finds ways to kind of work around that will will be interesting. The other thing we're not we're going to talk about this a little bit when we get to our All Star picks too. Um, but he doesn't have to do a whole lot with the East. He just has to maintain. So that's true. Like I think I think it's a good hire. I don't. I think the money in the years is the is the thing that's scary. But mm. you kind of have to yeah. do what you got to do in those situations. So yeah, like pay that's three true. coaches because that's what they're doing now. <laughs> got to pay three coaches. Anytime you can pay three coaches, you yeah. got to do it. Um. Uh, do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about? Claude? I mean, yeah. Listen, I would much rather him do this uh-huh. than leave to go to like Bayern Munich, you know, or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know some other big team. Everton. You know, shut up. He's not gonna go to Everton. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's. It's and he's giving us time to kind of get our heads around it too. Like it's not like going to be a during transfer window off season kind of thing. So sure, um, sure. I think the team is playing better since he announced that because I think they want to. <laughs> I mean, he's a legend. He's done. He has brought yes. you know Liverpool meant much success, and he's a fantastic coach, fantastic guy. Um, and if he's done, he's done. I'd rather him be. I'd rather him go out when he knows he's done than than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, he'd handle it the right, very right way. Uh, I think that this this team is has a lot of question marks going forward now, and he's one of them. I think him and Salah are the two biggest ones. But man, man, you can't you can't win, you can't compete at a high level forever with the same people, and that includes coaches. So that's just kind of how it goes. Mm. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah, gonna be interesting. Yeah. Okay, I love Klopp. I mean. You- <laughs> Liverpool. I'm an Everton fan. You're a Liverpool fan. Uh, it you you have a much more charmed existence than I do, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I'm supposed to hate everything about Liverpool and and all all parties. Um, Klopp is impossible, impossible to hate. I just think he's such a joyful, fun person. He has such a great personality. He loves the game of soccer, uh, and he's and he seems to love life too. So. I'm happy for him that he's going to get some time off at least. I I wonder how quickly the the coaching bug comes back to get him and then what that looks like moving forward. I mean, he was very very direct about I'm never going to coach another team in England. I'm not going to Bayern, et cetera, et cetera. Um but what happens when you've been out for a year or so and you you start to miss the coaching part of well so and i think is, that what does that look like part of it he's probably i think he's getting ready for international coaching because i mm-hmm. think that him and pep okay. are kind of in the same boat and they're probably going to be the two candidates that the big names come after next and so i think that that's probably what he's setting himself up for is let me take a year off you know from this grind and let me figure out where i can go and then if usa or germany or you know Italy or some other 
place comes calling, like he could co- he could go coach an international team and be uh, be pretty good at that too. I'm sure. But I think totally. I think him and Pep are both in the same. I think they're very aligned in that as well. Sure. USA, USA. Please, USA. like either one of them would be fantastic. <laughs> like, just get rid of Bear Halter. <laughs> Greg. Uh, okay. Let's do our All Star picks. Um, here's how we do this. If you're new to the show, I don't know why you're here, but uh, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, our 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 belief is this: uh, the All Star Game is stupid. Um, it is an exhibition of, of happy fun times. And, and then also like a little bit of like, I don't really want to be here. Uh, as such, it is stupid that the rosters are still 12 per conference. Um, they could, they could, they could be bigger or they could be not conference aligned. Um, they, we could just pick the 24 best players. Every roster in the NBA is 15 players at this 15 plus two way guys. Why is the all-star game still only 12 per roster? That's stupid. There's a lot of great players in this league. I think that's, uh, we, we, no one will, will debate that. Um, and so much ink and so many words are spilled and used on debating typically like the last starter out of the five and then the last reserve out of the 12 on, on either or both sides. Is that, is that fair Tobin? Like we, we, yeah. The debate yeah. is usually about like the last player added to a team, essentially. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so this is how we do it. Instead, we're gonna we 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 do our ballots. Um, we follow the rules of 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 the balloting, which is the starters, two guards, three front court players, the reserves, two guards, three front court players, and then two wild cards of any position. We do all that stuff. And then we say, okay, but who else is who else deserves to be an all star this year? And we operate. If we were in charge of the NBA, we would essentially be operating under the belief that your all star roster could be fifteen or eighteen or twenty five or thirty three players. If there are thirty three guys in the Western Conference that deserve to be all stars, then we should make them all all stars because who really cares at the end of the day about this stupid game that we don't even really watch, uh, right? So, uh, that's where we are. And, uh, Tobin, I'm going to let you start. Let's go Eastern conference first. Who are your Eastern conference starters? I think that they did a pretty good job of getting it close to right. I think the only change I I would make is I'd probably put Brunson in over Dame, but I could see why Dame has the argument. Yep. So I'm the exact same. I have the exact same Halliburton, Brunson, Giannis, uh, Tatum and, and Embiid. So I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. Go ahead and give me your reserves. So my two, so in this case, it would be Brunson, sorry, Dame and Mitchell would be my first two guards out. Okay. Um, I have, gosh, I hate it. I have KP as okay. as one of their front court resorts. It's the three front courts, right? Yeah, three front courts. So mm-hmm. I, I have, I have him and, um, and Paolo. I feel like Paolo okay. had a good stretch. If he was on a better team, I feel like he would be a lot better off. Um, and then I'm kind of cheating, but I'm going to count um, Jalen Brown as a, as a front court as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and then my two wild cards are Tyrese Maxey. And yeah. I'm going to put Scotty Barnes in there. Okay. We have almost the exact same thing here. I have 
I have Donovan Mitchell and Maxie as my guards, uh, but I have Lillard as a wild card. There's not really a difference there. Sure. I just think Maxie and, and Mitchell both have been better than Lillard has this year, but Lillard is still an all-star. Uh, front court, I have Jalen Brown, Paolo Bancaro as well. Um, I have Julius Randle. I don't love that because <laughs> I don't love Julius Randle. I, he was between, I had just, him between him and Paolo, and I just, I like Paolo more. So. Yeah. Um, so I went around, but his numbers are, you, you, you can't deny the numbers in the end of the day. All-star games are about numbers. I feel like more than, than all NBA. I will have a bigger, a much more, we take all NBA much more seriously Mm -hmm. and we should, we Mm -hmm. should take all NBA much more, much more seriously than, than, than all-star all-star should be prior. The priority should be what kind of numbers are you putting up? And then the second thing is like, are you, are you, is your team like sort of, sort of in it like is are you are you kind of competent as a team um should be a secondary concern so it's all about the stats so i went randall he ends up missing anyway because he has a dislocated shoulder so uh somebody else maybe maybe kp will take a spot the other spot i have is the exact same i have scotty barnes uh went back and forth on that just based on his team is bad um but you know last year he looked like a guy who we were we were a little bit concerned last year that he was a guy that was going to be stagnant for his career and didn't take his development seriously. And um, I really appreciate that he came back uh, ready to play basketball this year and it, to, to be better, to be better than he was in years past. I think that's that's great. So um, anyway, that's mine. That That's where I ended up as well. So give me. Who else makes your all star team in our hypothetical world where you can you can just make the rosters as big as you want to. The only other ones that I had for sure written down were, I think Derek white deserves some recognition. Um, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to put three Celtics on the reserves. Um, (laughs) and I, I think Trey deserves recognition and it's solely on numbers because that's what the freaking all-star game is. Mm Hmm. But yeah, okay. I think that that might be it for me. There's probably other ones that you're going to about the name that I'm going to that I will forgot about, but that was kind of the the gist of my list. Bam Adebayo was the last guy like actually cut for me. That essentially it took Barnes over over Bam. Um Bam is weird, man. I, I love Bam. I would love to have him on my team any day of the week. His development is very odd, mm-hmm. and I I can't ever get a feel for what's what's happening there. There are times where he looks like a dominant player. And then there are times where it looks like he just doesn't, he's like scared to even look at the rim. I don't, I just don't really understand the heat have been very disappointing. Part of that has been Jimmy Butler has been like so disinterested in the regular season this year that it's like, Mm -hmm. I I was listening to a pod of with, 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 you know, real NBA people talking about debating whether or not Jimmy Butler should be on the all-star team. And I was like, no, he shouldn't. Because he did not, he does not care about basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's very clear he's not playing for anything. I I don't know. I mean, not, numbers not, not wise, a, he's fine. But they've also lost seven yeah. straight, and he's not like, you know, he doesn't he doesn't put like I mean, has he even play. I I do think the the All Star Game should have a All NBA style like minimum games played too, but. That's just, you know, I mean, that's a factor for me. I don't need to know. I don't need, need it to necessarily be a mandate, but I, it's a factor. I mean, that's why, that's a big part of why Porzingis doesn't make the, the thing, the list for me. He's played 34 games. He's missed 
15 ish of, of his team's games. Um, and then he's been good, but it's, that's not enough. If you're going to miss that many games, you have to put up crazy stats. For me. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotta mm-hmm. be, it's gotta yeah. be a big deal. Um, Bam was the last cut. I put Derek white on as well. He's been maybe the best defender perimeter defender in the league this year. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been great. I hate, I hate his bald head. I don't like that. He looks like a, like a weird super villain. I'm not a fan of the look, but yeah, he's been very good. I put Trey on as well because of crazy statistics, uh, but I'm, it's fine. And then I also went Siakam and Jared Allen as as additional mm. uh, all stars here. Yeah, I so could see Siakam both having good seasons. Yeah. So, uh, okay, go to the West. Give me your starters in the West. I. The only difference I, I made from the and this part of this is that I don't make these lists for our episode till after the, or the starters are announced. So I kind of like that kind of influences me, I think. But mm-hmm. I, I can't have LeBron over Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi has been too good this year. Um, yeah. And so I, I have the same except for I have Kawhi at the at the front court instead of LeBron. Um, OK. Yeah. So Anthony Davis, Jokic, Shea. No, not Anthony Luka. Davis. Kevin Durant. Yes. Oh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. So sorry. So Kevin sorry. Durant, yeah, SGA, Luca, Jokic, LeBron. So I did a similar thing. I, I've got Luca and, and SGA in the backcourt. I've got Jokic as the, the the stalwart in the front court. I did the same thing. I put Kawhi in um, at that spot. I think I just think he's been re, he's been really good. He's been really good on a on a top four team, and he's played played most of the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, it's look what happens when you play basketball, guys. Just you know. <laughs> yeah. I went back and forth on LeBron, KD, and Anthony Davis and ultimately settled on statistically AD and LeBron have been better than I expected. Kevin Durant's been maybe actually even a little bit under of what I expected. I don't mean that as a knock on on Kevin Durant. He's averaging 28 points a game, man. <laughs> I know, but it's like, I don't know. I, I watch night to night and I'm, I guess the part of it is I expected Anthony Davis would miss 20 games and I expected LeBron mm-hmm. to be 40 and not, mm-hmm. um, not playing the way he is. There was a world in which I think I could put, I could have put both Davis and, and LeBron. And then I was like, no, I can't, I can't reward a team that is as bad as the Lakers are with two, with two starters. So I'm most impressed of the three, which is crazy to say because I guess, again, LeBron is like 40. I'm impressed that Anthony Davis has been the player that he's been this season. And so, yeah, it turns out when you play 40 games in one half and you're one of the best (laughs) big men, like it works out pretty well. It's it's weird. It's weird. Just not I want to reward that he's actually playing this year, even if it is for a team that is not very good. You to me, any of I I think the, the answer is correct no matter who you put there. Or or incorrect, no, depending on how you want to look at it. But uh, I went Anthony Davis over LeBron and um, and KD. But shocker, they will both be. I'll go ahead and give my reserves. My reserves: front court, LeBron, Kevin Durant, um, and Sabonis, which I went back. I struggled with a little bit, but his statistics his, statistically, he's having an unbelievable season. Not my favorite player to watch, but he's he's very good. That's my front court. The back court is Anthony Edwards and Steph Curry, and then with my wild cards, this is where the West was a lot harder to me than than the East was. Way harder, yeah, um, way harder, way harder. There were there's at least three or four guys that mm, three or four other guys, so five or six guys that you can make a case for for those final two spots, in my opinion. 
I went to the Aaron Fox with one of them. I think the Kings, it's just very, as good as Sabonis has been and as good as his statistics are, um, the team doesn't run well when De'Aaron Fox is not out there. So I think that's that's got to mm-hmm. be a factor. And I went Laurie Markkinen for my my final spot, which leaves out a couple of guys that I'll I'll bring up in the in the also in portion of this. Yeah. So what's what's your reserves? Uh, so uh, my two guards are um, Anthony Edwards and Devin Booker. Out of the gate. Okay. Um, then LeBron in AD for the front court. I put PG there. Um, okay. I could probably be convinced otherwise if I knew we weren't going to do this whole thing where we just let in as many people as we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wild cards, I also had De'Aaron Fox as well. And then I had to put Curry, but it was just because it's Curry and he's averaging 28 points a game. Okay. So who's your also in? Let's go to that. Who who also makes the cut? Yeah, so I uh, I went with Sabonis, just like you said. I think he's a, a clear cut person. And then I feel like Rudy, Rudy Gobert needs some attention because even though he's not doing offensively what you expect, but he's he's on a you know defensive stalwart on a number one team. And then uh, Jamal Murray is my it's I think my last one that I'm not forgetting. Okay. Okay. Um. I mean, for real, the, the, part of why we do this exercise is because if we just said, okay, the rosters are 24 people. Yeah, it would be crazy. But it can come from either conference. I might be as far as like mm, 16 to 8 in favor of the Western Conference, if I'm being totally honest. I think I just think there's way more guys... At the very least, I would say, maybe in sort of a diplomatic way, it's like there's not a huge difference between the third or fourth guy out in the West and the 12th person, so the last person in, you know? I think if you left the subs, or sorry, if you left the starters the same, and then Mm -hmm. you said the subs could come from any conference, I'm I'm not sure I'd get past two or three with the the East. I, I mean, that's how I feel. I, like... Jalen Brown, Paolo Bencaro, Julius Randle, Scotty Barnes, all of them. I'm not saying they're not deserving. They are. They're very they're very good players. I would probably take Western Conference yeah. counterparts over all four of them. Yeah. Like Mitchell, Maxey, and Lillard are locks, I think. And Brunson, um, if, if you if count. We if, you don't, if you go with starters that they chose, I would say Brunson yeah, yeah. instead. Yeah, 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 exa- yeah, 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 yeah. Br- exactly, exactly. Um, but the West, I mean, look, my, Devin Booker didn't make my team. The I, I don't really have a good reason for that other than – Ant and Steph have been better. I think Fox has been more consistent when he when he's been in. And then I Laurie Markinen's been great too. I Devin Booker over Laurie Markinen makes sense to me. I, you can go that route if you want to do it. That's totally, I, whatever. Booker's um, missed a lot of games too. I mean, if he if he played the full yeah. 46, 50 games, he yeah, he probably makes it pretty easily over some of those people. But yeah, I mean he's he's their leading scorer, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's it's just tight. So Anyway, um, for my also in, I had a whole bunch. Uh, Devin Booker, for sure. Paul George, for sure. Alperin Shingoon, for sure. Um, been the best player on that team that's sort of overachieved, in my opinion. And, um, but like, the best player by a wide margin. And uh, and he's also real fun to watch, I feel like, most nights. So mm-hmm. uh, I like I like that as well. Gobert and Cat, probably. I, go, I would also, I would agree with you. I probably have Gobert as a slight edge over... Overcat, 
Um, but I think they both have, have played well enough to deserve um, being mm-hmm. mentioned here. And I, I mean, Jamal Murray's on the, that list too. It's like, statistically I just can't I cannot make a case I cannot make a case for him statistically over any of these other guards um and most of the forwards and so and he's missed a few games here and there too mm-hmm. so that's you know that's a little bit of it but you're putting up a really nice stat line on the second best team record wise in the league and I think I feel like pretty confident at this point that the Nuggets are going to end up being the one seed when it's all said and done but the all-star game is really more about just yeah. like what, what numbers are you generating yeah. than anything else? Totally agree. So it is what it is. I think I can make a decent case for Chet. Yeah. He was on my last <sighs> cut. Like one of my last yeah. people cut. Yeah. <clears throat> for James Harden too, which I don't like. I mean, I can make yeah. a case against, but he's been very good since he got settled in. And statistically speaking, it's weird that no one in, on the Pelicans organization is really even in high consideration for me. If, if, if this is baseball and I have to pick one, like I might, I probably go Zion. He's got good statistics, but I also, every time I watch the Pelicans, I feel like I'm, he's just leaving so much on the table. And so that's kind of hard to, to get over. But anyway, Booker, Shingoon, Paul George, the two Timberwolves and, and Jamal Murray, those are all like, yeah, they're for sure going to get in. And then maybe even Chet and, yeah. and Harden as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. So, Western Conference turns out is is very very deep, good um, and has a lot of good. Also shows in the standings players. too. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. Okay, cool. Well, this has been a fun exercise. They should let us do this. Uh, it's a lot easier. Yeah, they should. They should. There's just there's there isn't a reason why we should continue doing it the way we do it just because that's what we do traditionally. It's stupid. Yeah, and we change a lot of things. for sure. And we have look, they've made some changes over mm-hmm. the years doing the front court thing instead of guaranteeing two centers. When there may be just get rid of the, the game and do all fun yeah. stuff. Like just get rid of the game. <laughs> yeah, do the Steph Curry Sabrina thing. Think that'll be fun. Um, do some other stuff like that. I agree. I agree. It's it's. I think it's probably played out at this point. Let's, let's name the all stars, but, but never play the game. Yes. that's all that matters. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I I totally I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. All right. Let's get out of here. So next week we'll probably record a day late so that we can uh, we can talk about the trade deadline. I don't know if you knew this, Tobin, but that's Thursday. I know it's crazy. It's sneaking so, up on me. It's like sneaking up on us. Um, so we will uh, we'll record a little bit late and we'll talk about all the trades that happen. I've done way less hypothetical trades this year, so maybe I'm getting better. I've been less angry. You've done less trades. We're growing as humans. I feel like yeah. So that's <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> all right. Cool. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, tell a friend, bring your basketball buddies around and listen to this podcast. Helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very cramped podcast market. Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. Back next week, like I said, talking about everything that happens on trade deadline day and the lead up to that. And until then, stay hard, Ronnie Rogers.